1: Hi, this is Monique.
0: And this is Sydney.
1: And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's
0: Open Relationship.
1: It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends, how many of us have them? Mother and daughters, is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute.
2: It's no good unless it's open. (laughs) That's what's up.
1: Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Episode A Lot
2: i heard okay, that because a lot.
1: This is just episode number 27. 27. That's why we have the magnificent Robin Lee here to help us. That's it. Welcome to episode 27, Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. I am Monique.
2: And I am Sydney.
1: And we get ready to get into it today on this show. That's it. What are we talking about, Daddy? Tell him. Okay, so we're gonna have this conversation today that we really think is needed. And that oftentimes we run from because we are scared to say it out loud. But today's show is, is there a double standard with white people versus people of color? Is there? Is there a double standard with white people versus people of color? And we wanted to be clear not to say black people because we got to say people of color. With whatever color that falls under, is there a double standard? Do you see things that white people are able to get away with, that people of color are not able to get away with? Are we questioned differently? Are we handled differently? And we think the moment we have it openly and honestly, it gets better.
2: That's it. It's going to get better because we we want to talk about the taboo. Talk it. So much so that the taboo begins not to be taboo, and it just becomes a conversation where you're having it amongst people and then you get to find out how similar they are to you. But we got to knock down these initial walls that, you know, people like to build up and uh, get into it and see if there's some validity to, validity to it or not.
1: You know, I, I just for me personally, there are some things that I face and I used to face a lot when I first started and first started flying first class. Mm-hmm. And it never failed. That whenever I sat in first class and a white person sat beside me, nine times out of ten, I got asked two questions.
2: One of them is, one what do them, you do?
1: What do you do? And the other one was, are you a gospel singer? <laughs> so they must think every fat black woman, And in my mind, yes, mm. I, I'm a singer. But it always made me chuckle because the first thing they would go to are, what do you do, and are you a gospel singer? So I would tell them, I'm a GYN. I'm a gynecologist. Get it. I would, because it would make me laugh to say, why would you, why would you automatically assume, because I'm a fat black woman sitting in first class. Number one, you got to ask, what is it that I do? I've not heard you ask any white person that's sitting in first class what it is that they do. I've not heard you. And I've not heard you ask any fat white woman, is she a gospel singer? But I get faced with that. I haven't had it in a in a long time, but I used to get faced with that often. One thing that we still get faced with now when we do travel and we're in the first class line, there could be four white people in front of us checking in. The person behind the counter never says, this is first class. They mm-hmm. never say it. Mm-hmm. The moment we get up to the check in, they'll say, this is first class. You know, us they will They will like try to get in front of us as if our tickets <laughs> don't say we are um, first class premium seating whatever but they're, they'll look at us like you're not supposed to be right here get out of my way yes yes so what we're, we're talking about it today y'all is there a double standard and when we see it why don't we speak on it
2: and that we're implying that we don't but sometimes we don't When we can, why don't we? And that's what we're doing right now, having that conversation. Because when we're talking about double standards, obviously what applies to someone else that may not apply to us. However, it's very easy to speak in reference to the outside double standards, but do we create double standards within our own community? Mm. Because, We seem to be afraid as black people to as people of color to uh, live our true selves because there's someone who is Caucasian in the room. Whereby when we're in the room, I've seen on uh, many and I want to be very clear that it doesn't matter who's in a room at times when we have certain people that are of color that may be waiting on us. They'll say and act any kind of way. So I want to be very clear that it can happen uh, from a reverse standpoint. However, there seems to be a a, a historic value whereby for a long time in this society, Caucasians have been allowed to act a certain way because of how the forefathers of this country constructed things. So it's a, a snowball effect, if you will. So there are things that obviously take place whereby we as people of color are afraid and embarrassed of looking bad in front of people that are Caucasian when there's no reason for us to be because if we, as people of color, go out and there's a crime that someone who happens to be of color commits, we as black people will oftentimes burden one another with look at what we're doing to our culture. Look at what we're doing to our society. Look at how we're making black people look bad. However, however when Timothy McVeigh bombed Oklahoma, white people didn't bear, bear the burden of what this one Caucasian mm-hmm. man did. It was this man is out of his mind and he's not representative of all people who are white. So, we as people of color have to be brave enough to live out loud and be who we are without saying if you watch the uh, Housewives of Atlanta, they'll say, look how ratchet that they are. Well, okay. Well, then you look at the Housewives of New Jersey or New York, but the same dynamic is not looked at in the same way. It's they're just having a, a an argument, a problem, and but it's not that they're ghetto. It's not that they're ratchet, but the same human dynamic is being displayed. So, We have to ask ourselves why.
1: Why is there a double standard with white people versus people of color? And, you know, we were having this conversation today um, with Dwight, who was our, our dance instructor. And what he was saying was so valid, and I could understand it because he says, as a young black man, I can't speak against the man that did what he did in Dallas. He said, I can't call him a monster because everybody's saying he's a monster. You know, people are saying he's a monster, and how could he do it? He said, but as a young black man, I understand it. As a young black man, I understand you getting to a breaking point and you saying you can't take anymore. So I was saying, though we understand it, it doesn't make it right. Though we understand how you can get to a place of I can't take anymore, but it doesn't make it right for that man to then put a gun in his hand. And go take away people's daddies, husbands, brothers, cousins. It doesn't make it right. But then I said to him, too, why is it that we seem to place more value when a white officer kills a black person? We're going to march. We're going to protest. We're going to shut down businesses. But we kill each other daily on a regular basis. Why aren't those same marches going on? Like that's For me, that's the double standard because we're saying, well, when we kill each other, it's not that much value. But when that white man kills us, it's more value when the white man kills us. And now we got to raise up and we got to make noise. I don't say either one is right by no means. But we taking each other away from here far more than a white police officer is taking us away from here. And why aren't we just as up in arms amongst us? Saying, well, how does it stop? What do we do? Is that considered a double standard?
2: It is considered a double standard. It is. And that's why we're having this conversation. And I think part of it is because the focus is whenever someone outside of who you aesthetically can relate to imposes their will on your group, it is easier to see that with the understanding that as soon as you finish dealing with this outside group who you believe is an outside group is the moment you start dealing with the inside group that you have a daily experience with, and now you're arguing with them, which goes to the point of people are people, and you can't get caught up on the color of their skin until you diagnose the color of their spirit. When you start diagnosing not are they white, are they black, are they red, are they yellow, are their hearts golden? And if you can't grasp that from just seeing somebody from the outside, that means you don't get it. You don't know them When we turn on Twitter and we see Facebook, Facebook, I get them all confused because I'm the least technologically savvy individual in the world. But I, I, I put his name down. What's my man's name? I can't. I got him. Was it William? Oh man, my baby, little, my little, this guy from Cleveland, Ohio. When you see him. Somebody would assume at first glance that this guy is some redneck from Cleveland, Ohio that is getting ready to begin to spew racism. And this guy in his thickest accent is saying, listen, I'm tired of this shit. Come on. If you got a problem with me, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, I've been throwing out of the bars and shit, and I ain't worried about it. But all this stuff that they talking about, keeping the black man down and racism to the Ku Klux Klan, fuck that shit. That's what he said. He said, fuck that shit. That's what he said. He said, I love all people, and I try to come up here and, and, and preach love, but y'all want to fuck with me, fuck with fuck you then. We can fight. This is what he's saying. Yes. I got five black, half black grandchildren. Come on. I ain't playing that shit. It's about love. They try and you going to try to call me names cause I love people of color. Yeah. You gonna do that? They call them a race trader. They gonna call me a race trader? Fuck it. come I'm a race trader. Then you come up here and you see what it is then. I can fight. See, I got my ass whooped a lot, but I always got up and came yeah. back. Right? That's what he said, baby. And when you see this passion from this man, That is manufactured from a place called sincerity. Yes. What you realize is that we've got brothers out here that are not the same color of us as us, and we've got people out here that are the exact same color of us that are far from our brothers. So Mm. you cannot judge a person by the way that they look. And when we get beyond, because here's the irony, when you see Black Lives Matter... And then you hear individuals talking about like a Bill O'Reilly, how racist that is. And then you say, well, how racist can it be when you see white people standing next to the black people saying, yes, black lives do matter because we're watching these black people get slain as if their lives do not matter. And then you look at the care in which the young white guy who shot up the individuals in churches, the way he's treated with kick gloves, yes. but we're going to choke you out selling CDs because we heard something. We're going to choke you out because you selling loose cigarettes. We're going to shoot and kill you because you were going for your while. So these people who happen to be Caucasian, who happen to be our white brothers and sisters, are staying, standing there next to them. Now, here's where it gets really good. Then you see the several slain white officers and one uh, 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 Latin brother who were was slain... But then you see a black man at the forefront speaking about his white brothers who were slain and why we've got to stop the violence. And that black policeman is related to someone in the community who happens to be African-American. Mm-hmm. And they have a relationship with someone who was Caucasian, much like the people from Black Lives Matters have these relationships with these white people. So it's a circle where we're all interconnected. Hence the movie we've done, Interwoven. We are all interconnected. So when we get caught up into the police against us, the police are us and we are the police. And because they come into our neighborhood and they've been given us the insight that we are these one dimensional beasts and these these some of these officers and not the ones that were slain by any means, but because of what you see when you get a few individuals who are not worthy of having the power of having a badge come into our community, they are only spewing what they've been taught. Come on. So what we have to do is, I believe, collectively come up with a way in which to interact with police. As we in our community, we have watchwords, we have key words. You know, somebody standing on the corner, police come, they say five zero, or they say Lisa. Whatever. That's some new shit, new shit, daddy. i Lisa. Okay. So. Okay. Because they know needs, the 50 code. There needs to be some catchwords between the community and the police. The individuals who are looking to do positive things. Because police roll up on you back in the day. You call them Officer Friendly. Excuse me, Officer Friendly. How can I? And then you refer to them as Officer Friendly. And then there's a. Word that should be used for our citizens in the community. Citizens that are friendly. Whereby there's an exchange, code words between the two, which means I'm coming in peace, officer friendly. So whatever you need, I'm a law-abiding citizen. And we start having these this dialogue, and we start understanding when these police go back to their homes, they're just people. They're just citizens. That's it. Without badges. They die, they bleed, the whole nine. But people are going to seek retribution when it's not just the police killing you and nothing's done. It's when you go to court and then they say, well, there is no justice. We've got you on video committing a crime. If we got you on video committing a crime and you get off of committing a crime, what happens when there is no video? So <clears throat> these things have to be heard from both sides. But when the, when we stop acting like Asians are different than blacks, blacks are different. We culturally there's some unique differences of how we may eat, how we may celebrate, how we may interact, how we may speak. But when it comes to the intrinsic aspect of who we are, since it all starts with energy, the energy of the individuals that you find in the black community, you'll find the same energies in the latin community. And the Jewish community and Islamic community, because we're made up of energy and it's only so many different forms of it that we have happy, mad, sad, glad, enthusiastic. We were talking to a pastor this morning in reference to our open relationship. She didn't speak with the level of empathy that you would think that a pastor would speak with. She was speaking vitriolic. She was speaking with fire. She was speaking with flame. When we learn how to speak with one another, then things begin to change. But our problem is we only hear our problems and we don't hear your problems. And we collectively, when we start realizing that your problem is my problem and my problem is your problem, and it's not a a situation when the heroin gets to New Hampshire, now it's an epidemic. It's been an epidemic. It's been a problem. It's now that it appears because Caucasians are the majority that the minority is oftentimes overlooked.
1: We're talking about it today, y'all. Talk about it. Double standard white people versus people of color. And I'm looking at some of the comments and some of the questions. And one comment was, why don't y'all just do what the police say? And you're now finding people are doing what the police say and they're still losing their lives before they, right, before they even say anything. So now there's this dilemma when a cop pulls a black person over, what do we do? Because y'all, are, they're shooting before, they, before there's even some conversation. And I want to say this too. Not all cops fit this in this description. They are not all bad cops. They are not all the ones that's out there just trying to blow people away. I know some cops, baby. I know some ex-cops. And I know some brothers that will put their life on the line every day for this job. And they said, Monique, I never knew if I was going back home, but I took an oath. And I meant that. So I want to make sure y'all don't think for one second we saying... All cops. We're saying the ones that it applies to. There is a double standard, and we have to stop acting like it don't exist. They did an experiment and showed it on Facebook. White guy and a black guy. White guy walking down the street. It is an AK-47, Daddy, Mm -hmm. with an AK-47, but it was coming down his back. You know what? The strap was coming down his back. Police officer pulls up. It's a white police officer. He gets out of his car. No gun, no nothing. He simply walks up to the white guy, and he says, may I ask why you're carrying that gun? He says, I have a right to bear arms. He said, I understand it, but may I ask why you're carrying it? He said, I simply have a right to bear arms. He said, well, may I have your name, please? He said, why do you need my name? Am I committing any type of crime? He said, no, you're not. Done. Okay? Then they gave the AK-47 to the black guy. They said, you walk down the same street. He walked down the same street. When the police pulled up, they pulled up, guns drawn, get down on the ground. They're screaming and hollering at him. Here come all these police cars. It's this great production. Well, the girls, the girl is filming it. She's saying, now y'all can see the difference. The guy they're putting on the ground, he has his phone in his hand. He's filming it. Put the phone down. All of this yelling, screaming, they put his hands behind his back. The cop then comes and pulls him up off the ground with his hands behind his back. They walk him over. They take his gun. Now the girl says, do you see? The difference. We're going down the same street. The only difference about these two people is one was white and one was black. But the one that was black, had he made any slight move, it would have cost him his life. Mm -hmm. It would have cost him his life. But the one that was white, no guns were even pulled out. He simply went up to his white brethren and he said, may I ask why you're carrying that gun? No questions was asked of the black man. So, y'all, we can see it. And it's right in front of us. But then we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to stand up for it and say, I see that and I must speak on it without saying, well, now I got to take another gun and I got to fight fire with fire.
2: We'll never win that way. And at Watch 106, you keep putting in stop race baiting. What we're actually doing is conversational baiting, not race baiting, because as you if you listen with your ears and not already have a prepared defense, what you'll find is what we're saying is we're all connected and we're all the same, but we must speak out to the uh, obvious, um, let's just say disparity, which happens in our society. And whenever you stumble upon something that's new, I liken it to when we hear about our, let's say, uh, if you find technology that you're unfamiliar with, what they do is they go and they reverse T- the technology, and they, they do what they call reverse engineering. And if we were to reverse engineer the social stance where we are today, you would see that it would go back to a time in which people were enslaved. And as we are celebrating, and people are celebrating July 4, 1776, and they called it Independence Day, what you'll find is, we as people, as we shoot out firecrackers, were still enslaved in 1776 and weren't free until about 107 years later. So when we look at that, it begins to speak to the level of misdirection that can take place because the forefathers that wrote up the uh, Constitution when we were referred to as three-fifths of a human being If we look back to that time and then we move forward, we can understand why this is this disparity Mm -hmm. in perception of people of color because it started from a time where word of mouth. It's like people were telling their uh, uh, children, their offspring about how people of color were and people of uh, color were telling their children about how white people Mm -hmm. were. And what got lost was the love that was shared in between people of color and people who were white because during slavery there were white people called abolitionists who weren't trying to be abolitionists so they could be on Twitter or get on an award show for being people who were standing up for people of color. No, they were called nigger lovers, and they could have been killed and some were killed with people of color. But always, always in our history, there were those that were able to say this is right and this is wrong. And as we have African-Americans out here today, look at the, 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 the multitude of interracial relationships that are throughout this world that we live in, which speaks to the fact that It can't be all hate. It can't be. So the same way that we say amongst ourselves that all police aren't that way, all of no group is any one certain way. And you can't get a chance to know it until you interact with these people.
1: And you know something, too, Daddy, because in reading some of the comments and first we want to say we appreciate everybody that listens And the comments, may we agree or disagree, we appreciate that we're able to have this dialogue. But what I find oftentimes, just for for me and some of the conversations, you know, we were on um, uh, Good Day LA the other day. And and it's a very interesting conversation with Steve and with Lisa. Very interesting. And Tonex was with us. And Tone X, he was asking Tone X how it felt for him to be a black man and dealing with this. And Steve said something that really caught me off guard. He looked at Tone and he said, wow, you're really intelligent to be a comedian. And I looked at him and I said, you know, Steve, I said, it's funny that you say that. Now, the cameras were not rolling. It's funny that you say that because, you know, my husband's oftentimes, he hears, your parents must be really proud of you because you're so intelligent. What should he be? What should Tonex have been? What should he have been? And he couldn't answer the question. And Steve is one of them good brothers, one of them good guys, but you don't even realize what you're saying. You're intelligent to be a comedian. That's not... I'm assuming, but he said you're intelligent to be a comedian. What what did you think he was supposed to be? So what happens is, for my sweet loves that's in here right now, and you're saying black daddies need to raise their kids and black this and black that and black this, we understand it because that's all you've been fed. And if that's all you've been fed, you know nothing else to say. But what happens with this show and the conversations that we're trying to have is to say, let's say the real shit. Like, ain't no need enough sugar coating it. But then if we say the real shit, then we can start dealing with it in a real way. Because when Steve then says also, it seems like I keep coming back to this place. We just keep coming back here. And like Tone said, because you keep putting a Band-Aid on it, you're not trying to fix it. You just want to stop the bleeding for right now, but you're not trying to fix it. So when we have these conversations, we're saying, hey, y'all, let's fix it. Let's not keep on throwing out hateful shit Well, black daddies need to raise their kids. Well, let me tell you something just so that you know. I know some white folks that have said, my father ain't shit because he wasn't around. I know some Latin folks that said, my father ain't shit because he wasn't around. I know Jews. I know mu-
2: White folks that have said the same thing. So what we're saying is we all, from a energy, from a spiritual standpoint, want, like, and need the same thing. However, from a physical, from an exterior standpoint, we all have not been treated the same historically. And when, if they say it takes 30 days to form a habit,
1: mm-hmm. well...
2: What type of habits are formed over 400 years of oppressing a group of individuals solely by the color of their skin? And again, because black people are not the uh, uh, originators of oppression or being oppressed, it's something that we have done to ourselves. It's something that others have done. We have to address the fact that we've allowed ourselves to be bought and sold. So there's a level of responsibility that we have to take for that. However, we can't negate the fact that when we came to this society, that our Native American brothers who were here, who were able to later on reap some, I guess for lack of a better word, uh, uh, respect for the things that they were subjected to in the form of Giving them land, giving them monies. Well, we were promised, we were promised forty acres and a mule. Now, someone would say, "Oh, that happened so long ago." What? But what happens is, if this is written up and this is something that we were promised, I believe the people in this society would feel that this society was really sincere about what's transpired amongst African Americans. If these things were addressed so that the reparations we were promised could somehow be implemented into the society because people don't understand the level of loss that we receive from not having a fair shake going into the Reconstruction period. So Mm. it's one of those things that when we look at, see a lot of people don't know about the peonage period, where at the end of the day, With the peonage period, it was worse than slavery because you could go and walk down the street and a man not know you, but because he was Caucasian in that town, hold you hostage and now you're working on his land for as long as they say, and you've got to sign a paper saying that they've got the right, if they so choose, to treat you any way they want it, whereby during slavery... They did not want to destroy what it was that they owned because they had to pay for you. Now they they don't have to pay. Mm -hmm. And things that used to be nuisance crimes, like being unemployed or that now became a felony for people of color. So at the end of the day, if we move from then and move forward, if people are constantly speaking about a group of people as being inferior, and again, it's not just African Americans— the Japanese experienced it with the bombing of Pearl Harbor, Latin's experience, the Chinese Exclusion Act, all throughout history. So this is not whites against people of color. It's ironic that it just happens to be that the majority of people here in this Western Hemisphere and North America, they happen to be Caucasian. And then there seems to be everybody else. If you don't believe me, Turn on your television, go from one to a hundred and see who you see predominantly.
1: Come on. One, two, three, four, fifth. To a hundred. A hundred. And what you gonna get? And see, To. here's what I find interesting as well. Because there will be some people that will say, oh, y'all are so serious. Y'all are so serious. And then you get the feeling that If we're not dancing and screaming and shucking, then we're too serious. It's just conversations that we know that need to be had, especially in our community. And not the community of black, not the community of white, the community of human. They're conversations that need to be had so that when we do dance, we can dance harder. When we do laugh, we can laugh louder. When we do have a good time, we can have it for real. So when people say, oh, but it's so serious, it's not that it's so serious. It's just conversations that we need to have. And then when you have people that come in that say things like, well, what about y'all? Y'all sold yourself into slavery. God damn it, you're right. We're not running from it. So if we really address the shit, now ain't nobody mad. Because we're really dealing with it. See, there were, so that we're clear to our brothers and sisters that are in here that is questioning what we did, so that we're clear there were some African people that walked other African people to that white slave ship. And they told us we was going on a vacation. And they said that it's going to be a luxury liner. They lied. When we got to going down the bottom, we was like, well, wait a minute, nigga, you said the luxury. And as they waved to us with a smile on their face, they looked just like us as they sent us on those boats. Now, that's Mm -hmm. still going on today so that we're clear. There are still black people that will walk other black people to the slave ship. That's still going on today, no different. So that we're clear, we're saying we have to take responsibility. We're not saying, look what the white man did, and it's all his fault. No, 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 no. We're saying, look what we did. Look what we allow to happen. So when we stand up there and we say America's the greatest country ever, when, God damn it, was it great? When was it great? Was it great when y'all first came over here and you took our brothers and sisters that were already here and you raped and you murdered and you killed them off? Was it great then? Was it great when you went over the seas and you got people of darker skin and you brought them back over here and you beat them and you ripped them apart for 400 years? Was it great then? Was it great when you said, OK, well, now we're no longer going to have slavery, but we're going to put these people in color in such a position that if they do make it, God damn it, they look like a miracle. Was it great then? At what point was America great? So when Michelle Obama said and at first, in his first run when she said, this is the first time I'm proud to be an American. And people were saying, how could she say that? What does she mean? Y'all knew what she meant. Because it was the first time that we could stand up and say, we got the best person in office. We voted for the best person, not because of a color. So when you start asking the real questions about let's make America great again, what does that really mean?
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
2: Right, because if you really look at the history of America, it's just interesting that um 1776 independence day was now that the british regime is now take is not having the chokehold over us meanwhile they have a chokehold over their slaves you know when you look at the fact that this country was you know the native american show the europeans how to live in these lands and become resourceful and learn how to trade and then to um systematically destroy them There's an old saying, how it starts is normally indicative of how it will end. Mm. It is very difficult for something to start off wrong and then end up right, but we have the ability to do that. And again, to reiterate, this is not specific to all people who are white, just like all of the most wonderful adjectives you can use are not applicable to all people that are of any color. We're just having a conversation in reference to if someone shot uh, a little text through saying um, affirmative action is, they spoke in reference to that that was racism, affirmative action, not realizing that the reason why there needed to be an affirmative action, the reason why there is a Black Lives Matter is because it appears to outside observers that they don't. Mm-hmm. So they're saying Black Lives Matter not because anyone else's lives do not. They're saying it because from outward appearances, when you see a Rodney King get beat down and you see that he was let off, and this was video. Well, the people got let go. So it makes it seem like it doesn't matter. When people are killing folks that under normal circumstances if you were to remove the color of the individual that was shot or should I say if the officer was an African American and these individuals were Caucasian there are those that are Caucasian just like there are those who are black that would be able to say that's wrong. Just like right now there are those who are black and those who are Caucasian that are able to say that is wrong. We are just not getting the opportunity to focus in on the unity that actually exists amongst us because they're outside forces that want to say we're at odds with one another as yes. people of color and whites. But we're really not. It's the individuals who are the decision makers that the society at large is at odds with.
1: You know, Daddy, when you say again, because there's someone in here and and let me say this to y'all too, because the person that's in here, they're calling them trolls and dumbasses and things. Don't. Because all they're doing is expressing their opinion, which they have a right to do. They have a right to express how they feel, may we agree or not agree. But what you find is sometimes when you say to someone, Well, explain yourselves. They have a hard time doing it because they'd rather just be, I just want to say mean shit. I don't want to go into explaining myself because I can't really explain it. So I'm just going to say mean shit. And that's why I always say we don't put nobody out of here. We don't ask nobody to sign off and don't listen. We say sign on and listen in because it may be something that may click in that you may say. I never considered that. That's why this show is so important because that's what it's done for me. Because there are so many conversations that I've had with my husband, and I will be adamant about some shit. I will look at him and be adamant, and then once he patiently gives it to me, and it may take 25th conversations, 25th of them. But on that 25th one, and when it's done, I'm like, you know what? Damn it. That's the first time I put it together. That's the first time I understood it. So that's what this conversation is about, is really us trying to be open enough and honest enough, hence Monique and Sydney's open relationship, to have the real dialogue and not be so willing to put your guards up and put your dukes up and let's fight. Because as White and I were having a conversation this morning with Tommy, and I said, I understand what you're saying, young black man, I do, but what if your niece got caught in that crossfire? What if your niece or your mother or your brother or your sister got caught up in that crossfire? What if one of those white officers was married to your sister? So now it's different because it affects you directly. But when it doesn't affect us directly, we remove ourselves from it. Maybe if we start acting like we're related to every last person. Maybe if we start acting like there's a connection to all of us, then y'all would say, wait a minute, you do have to give our black brothers and sisters their 40 acres and a mule. That's what's fair. That's just what's fair. That's and, what we and, said what we were going to give them. Not
2: necessarily us. in the form of that, literally, but in a form which speaks to their atrocities that have taken place. Because if we can speak about the atrocities and justifiably so that happened to our. Uh, Jewish brothers and sisters out here where 6 million Jews were killed over the time of World War II, then surely when there's an estimated 600 million blacks who were killed during the whole history of slavery, that is something viable in which to speak about. And when you're not allowed to experience your true self and full self and have the same advantages as your Caucasian counterparts, how wrong is it of us to say this is part of the problem with the understanding that also part of the problem is there are individuals out here who are of color, who have opportunities, who are not taking advantage of them. Also, we must speak to both sides. So what Mm -hmm. you're not going to do is hear me defending that. So the Libran in me is for justice. The Libran in me is about having the scales balance out fairly for everyone. And to get an understanding is it is a difficult thing because uh, I forgot the name of the movie, but what's our brother's name that does the independent films like Fahrenheit 9-11? Michael Moore, Michael baby. Moore. He had it in a cartoon version where he showed how white people were sitting around after slavery waiting, waiting for the black people to revolt against them because what else would they do after enslaving them for all of that time? And the reality is the majority of the populace were looking for the opportunity to assimilate into society, but being restricted to have a fair opportunity led to individuals. If you cannot feed your family and they will not give you a fair chance, are you bound to do some things that are not right? It can happen. Come on. So this is the reason why when we speak in terms of having a level of parity and fairness amongst us as a society, what people who are well off don't realize is that's beneficial for all because people in a society where everybody is OK are less likely to do something that they shouldn't do because everyone is OK. And it is our responsibility to look out for one another, not We're going to let you lay in the street because you mean nothing. Whether you're white, whether you're black, it doesn't matter. So the reality is, if you're under the impression that slavery has no effect on us today, you're sadly mistaken.
1: And I want to address Annette Helm because she says all lives matter. And Annette, you're absolutely right. And she feels like Black Lives Matter is really encouraging this racist thing to keep going. Well, let me ask you this, Annette, because I see your picture. And on your picture, you're there with your baby. And you are a white woman on that picture with your white baby. Let me ask you this. If you were faced with, you have, you're a black woman, and you have a son, and your son gets shot unjust, And then a friend of yours, the same thing happens with her son. And then you read on the news that the same thing happened with three other men and women's black child. Do you then take a different stand or because you feel like it does not affect you directly? When you say all lives matter, sister, they do. But when you start seeing black men and women being shot down in the street for doing what they're asked to do, at what point do you say, there's a problem with this? And if there were only black people in Black Lives Matter, if it was just only black people, I could understand some of white America saying we should get nervous because we don't know what this is going to become. But when you see black, white, white, Asian, Latin, when you see straight, gay, when you see everybody out there in those streets marching, you then have to ask yourself or ask your other white brothers and sisters, why are you standing amongst these black people? Why are you standing next to them? So when you guys say to us, you're promoting racism, well, the people that look just like you, Annette, they're outside too. The people that look just like you and they're white women, And you're right, baby, it's not only black people being killed. People are getting killed every day. But when you cut the news on, sister, and you want to get real honest with yourself, you ask yourself. How many times do you watch the news and another black person has been gunned down and it's suspicious how it happened? And then you see a video and then you see this black man or woman or child was having was to no danger at all to anyone, but they're losing their lives. This is why we're in the position we're in right now, because we're too afraid to really address it and really face it. And then that's when we begin to feel like. So now there's this white privilege and now it's this thing of how dare you say this shit out loud? How dare you say it out loud? You take that abuse. You take that mistreatment. You take 400 years of all that has happened, and you don't say a damn thing. But then when you see a post, and you see what they're telling our Jewish brothers and sisters, never forget. Never forget. But then forget. you see a post of us, and it says, why don't y'all stop talking about this shit? You have to ask yourself, Annette, what's the difference? What's the difference? Because we should never forget the Holocaust.
2: And And, and, and one thing, also— While you're stating the facts in reference to the percentage of African-Americans that are killing African-Americans, it's the same percentage for whites. Please know that. And the reason why is, again, sociologically speaking, you're going to have more conflict with the individuals that you interact with on a daily basis than you will with the individuals that you don't. And that's one of the hidden things that, just like welfare, there are more white people on welfare than there are people of color. But in the society that we're look that we in, they use catchwords like per capita to make it appear that based upon percentages, there are more black people, but the raw numbers are indicative of there are more whites. Why would that be? Because there are more whites here in North America than there are people of color. So if 60 some odd percent of the population is Caucasian, well, it's it's almost understandable based upon the history that we have while things are the way in which they are so the re- the reality is we're saying as we come up with new technology new iPhones how do we come up with a new spiritual technology designed to advance our society like we do iPhones that says we have to acknowledge the atrocities that have taken place and we realize that there's nothing that we can do about that but what can we do right now but in order to do that we must first admit that there was this problem that has created this offspring that of racism that we have today again when Martin Luther King was walking and protesting in the same vein as Gandhi, why were they beating them with hoses? And everybody can look back now and say how terrible that was, how wrong that was. Why? I mean, why, why was that? He was marching peacefully. Was he wrong for saying, would it be okay if we be treated fairly? Would it be wrong of us to have... Uh, An equal opportunity in this society? Would it be? Would it be wrong? So when you have groups like Black Lives Matter and you have white lives that are standing next to these black individuals that saying your lives matter, Latin individuals, Asian individuals, then we have to stop taking that myopic approach like this doesn't make sense. It does. We just have to be comfortable and say, listen, it's wrong How can we correct it? Because at the end of the day, if anybody was better than anybody, why do we have to use this earth in order to sustain our lives? Mm. Take your asses somewhere else and live if you are better. If you're not, then we need to find a way to get together and make this thing work. And again, just like the police that there's only a few that may that that few bad Cs that make the whole bunch look bad. Yes. It's no different than when you see someone that may be at a Black Lives Matters rally and they may be black and they act in a goddamn fool, then that's when you grab them and you stop them as they're those individuals. You know, we got friends, everybody got them where they don't know how to act. You got to pull them down. It's not indicative of somebody being black or white. It's just indicative of the spirit in which they have. And when we stop putting this third grade stuff about the color as the end all the be all to everything and open up our eyes and say there's a part of this community that is in sync and there's a part of the uh, uh, community that is not. What should we do? And right here, where you say cops should snitch on bad cops, that's a star. Just like when we in our society see people that are not doing what they supposed to do, we should snitch on them. Yes. Because snitch, the acronyms for that is save numerous individuals. Telling can help. Come on. So let individuals know. So it goes on both sides of the spectrum. If you are black, if you are white. If you are Latin and people in your community are doing things that are making your community sour, not safe, you should snitch. You should tell because we can't very well ask for the police to tell on their brothers and sisters and we not tell on our brothers and sisters because they're not really the brothers and sisters that you want. Mm. They're, they're the individuals that will bring the true brothers and sisters down. So, if we make a pact within our community, with the pact within the police community, that we're going to take down the bad ones and we're going to uplift the good ones, then watch how the communities come together.
1: And see, when you have people too saying, Daddy, no one's listening, no one's, they're not listening. I'm going to say this to y'all because I've seen some posts and I make sure I share them. Just like I make sure I share the ones where we see people getting their asses whipped in the street. But I also share the ones where there was this white cop. And I want to be clear about what happened. There was a white cop. And these three black kids, their parents just got in an accident. And both of them died in that car accident. And that white cop knew... That those babies' parents were gone, but he had to wait for the grandparents to come from out of town to get to them babies. And that man kept them babies with him until their grandparents got there. One wanted Burger King, one wanted McDonald's, one wanted Wendy's. He took them children wherever they needed to go because he knew what was going to be the devastation around the corner. So we don't want to talk about those, but we have to talk about those. There was another one. Where a little black baby had gotten hurt and was waiting for the mommy to come to the hospital, that man got up in the bed with that baby and laid him on his chest till his mama showed up. So what we ain't saying is it ain't all white and it ain't all black. It's us as humans.
2: And when you see the Trump train, uh, little at Trump train, and then it says, what we need to do is introduce you blacks back to the woods, my heart goes out to you because— What happens is the very individuals that are trying to make it seem like there is no racism, you're proof that it is. And what happens is we can't be mad at you because there's a level of ignorance that you have to live with. And we say that hopefully, hopefully something to touch your heart whereby you can say this is not productive. This is not productive because you may feel like you can stand up under the strain of all of this. But how are your children going to feel? Because if you're promoting this, if you're promoting this to uh, us right here, what are you saying to your children? So that when you have individuals out here that are saying black lives is racist, well, what is Trump train? We need to take blacks and introduce them back to the woods.
1: Now, when you say Black Lives Matter and you say it's racist, and I've heard Brother Bill O'Reilly. Matter of fact, I watched him last night, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it was on the news. I don't know if it's true or not, how they said that he had beat his wife and pulled her down the steps. I don't know if that's true or not. But if, as I said today as we were dancing, if you took time to mind your business and your household, watch what could happen. If you took time out to treat your family good and feed your family that goodness and that love and knowing how to treat one another, watch what'll happen. Because when you have time to sit out and say this is racist and we need to, it's like, well, what are you like? You said, Daddy, what you teaching at home? What you teaching at home? What are you telling your children? Because racist parents make racist children. To those children, grow up and say, I'm not down with that. Are you crazy? I love that little girl I'm in school with, or I love that little boy I'm in school with. So I'm not going to participate in that. So again, as long as we have those folks, white and black and Asian and Latin, and if you got a white person saying all black people are fucked up, put your hat on, you're a racist. If you got a black person saying all white people fucked up, put your hat on, you're a racist. Any, ra- any color of people that wants to put a whole group of people into something, put your hat on you are a racist. And, you know, at the show this weekend, when we talked about the word nigga, because I say it in my show, I say it. How many times y'all think I say it? 20, 25,000, 1699, 90 I say it. And the crowd is so diverse. And there are white people there a lot. Of white people there. And you can see the look on their face, and they're like, oh, shit, what should we do? And I said, God damn it, be comfortable, because you know you say it. We've been trained to say it about one another. Don't mean we racist. We've been trained to say, if somebody black cut you off in the front, we'd be like, that, that, that goddamn nigga. If somebody white cut you off, you would be like, that goddamn cracker. That goddamn. But are we racist? We've just been trained to say the shit. And then once you really break through that wall, because for the white folks that were there, I could see their shoulders come down. I could see them say, y'all know what? This is some bullshit. And normally I'll find what I think is the biggest, countryest-looking white boy that you might want to call him a redneck. But by the end of the night, he says, girl, I love you, Miss Monique. He just looks like he's a big cu- So that's you, you, taught me. Don't judge. That's taught me. Be careful in your judgment because you don't know what you're looking at. So for the ones that want to go back and forth with this, one guy says slavery is bullshit. Y'all feeding people this slavery bullshit. Well, did it not happen? Did it not happen? See, that's a person that if you look into that inside of their home and they have an argument with their family, they'll say, you that's some bullshit and I don't want to talk about it. But the family said, but we got your ass on video. You did drink all the Cavazier. We see you, Billy Bob. You drank all the cavassier, but you don't want to discuss it because you know the truth is in your face. And I think the moment we start saying And we get out of this, I'm superior, so I don't have to listen. I'm superior, so it's just what I say. I can push the button, so it's what I say. When we get out of we just want the best, and not based on what the color is, not based on what the sex is, we just want the best. Then we become the best as far as we can be the best world we can be. Because there's some other fucking worlds out there. And they laughing at our dumbasses talking about America's the best. They saying, don't they know we will wipe them the fuck away from here? But they want to be the best. Not we want to be the best world. And if there are other worlds out there, we just want to be part of what is the best. But we want to always take the credit of being number one, of being the best. And that's where all this shit is coming from. Somebody said only Oprah can change the white people. (laughs) Behave yourself. But we are... (laughs) Responsible for our tomorrows. We're responsible for that. And if we don't start making some changes, and as my daddy say, see the gold in the heart, and stop fucking with the color of the skin, a hundred years from now, our children's children will still be going through the same shit. Because when that baby who was 26 years old says to me, I never thought in my generation, Monique, that I would be going to church listening to a freedom speech sermon. I never thought in my day and age, at 26 years old, I would be going to church listening to black power and what we gotta do and how we gotta stand together. He said, and I'm 26. And the same shit I'm hearing, my grandmother telling me, she had to hear. And the same shit his grandmother heard, she had to hear. So if we stop putting a band aid on it and we really start dealing with it. And there are some white people and black people that despise these conversations because they say, why would you say it out loud? Don't you know we're doing good just where we are right now?
2: And you got to stop being afraid. you got to stop being afraid to have the conversation because when you were a kid, you had to hide your little dirty books and you couldn't cuss out loud and you couldn't say what you wanted to say. But now when you become adults, you have to be adult enough and mature enough to say what needs to be said so we can change the society that we're in, not with – Uh, racist rants, not with telling people they need to go back to the bushes, not telling all white people are terrible, not all black people, not all of anyone is any way. If all white people are terrible and all black people are terrible, then we're all terrible. And what we need to do is stop all being terrible. Mm. Then we need to stop all being terrible because then we start realizing that if we can't say that we're terrible, then it's difficult to say that someone else is terrible when you don't know everyone's heart just because of the color of their skin. What has transpired has been terrible. Come on. What has transpired has been terrible in the history of our society and in the history of the world, but at the same time, what we have experienced is some beautiful stuff out of the tragedies. Yes. So out of these conversations, hopefully we can walk and say to ourselves, Despite the things that have transpired, I'm willing to do my part as a human being to make sure that the way I treat other human beings, regardless of what color you are, you are, regardless of where you come from in this world, just the mere fact that you exist, you are a human being, is the reason why I feel compelled to treat you well because I know that that's the way in which I want to be treated. And if you do your part, because as people have been saying, it starts from home, do your part. Let us stop worrying about what everyone else is doing and you just focus on you because it's hard to manage you and someone else when you haven't gotten you right yet. And if you are right and you stay in your lane and everyone on the road stays in that lane, look how the drive is on the way home. But it's when someone goes out of their lane that every the traffic slows down and we start rubbernecking because there's an accident that had Mm -hmm. to get pushed over to the side of the road. So at the end of the day, let's be brave enough to say, listen, to at Sarah alone, what's our part or lane? Let me tell you one more time, and I'm going to yell it for the cheap seats. Our part is to treat people in the way in which we would want to be treated. And if you treat people in the way in which you want to be treated, short of you wanting to have a ball in your mouth and be handcuffed and somebody beating on you. (laughs) That's what you went That's what you went to. That's beautiful for you. But I wouldn't necessarily go handcuffing people just without them knowing and putting a ball in (laughs) their mouth and then beating them down because you go to jail for that. But if you are interested in treating people with the decency and respect that you would want, then do it. Be brave enough to do it. And if you fall short of that, if you fall short of that, then realize that. Make the changes, but don't be so quick to call somebody out just because of the color of their skin.
1: And, you know, Daddy, Annette made a comment and she said, stop raising your kids with the past and deal with right now. And I want to say this to you, sister. You can go back in your past and you know where you come from, and you know who your grandmother is, great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother. See, we have to introduce our children to what the past was so they'll know where they're going. We have to, because if you say, don't raise our children with the past, then how in the hell do we know who we are?
2: In the present.
1: In the present, because so many of us, my sweet white sister Annette, unfortunately, when you don't take the time out to know what the history is, how do you get to the present? And it's easy for you to say, as a white woman, stop focusing on the past. Stop focusing on the past. Have you stopped focusing on yours? Do you tell your child about where you come from and who you are and what he's made of and what his ancestors are? Why ever should we hide ours? Why ever should we hide ours?
2: And it's the same reason why, again, our Jewish brothers and sisters say, let us never forget. And why? Because, again, if you forget about the past, you're destined to repeat it as the old saying goes. So if nothing else, if nothing else, I hope we get that we all one. Yes. Stop judging folks based upon color. But regardless of what color that they are, Wrong is obvious. Mm. And let's be bold enough to call that out like we call out people because of their color.
1: Come on. You know, just like when you see all of the gossip shows and all of the shows that's on, everybody talking dirt and everybody, we're always hitting people up about that. Let's start hitting up about this.
2: And I just got to say, say that. It, Annette, Daddy. Annette just said, shall I teach my children about the KKK then? Only if you want them to be involved and you can teach them about the KKK and what they represent as it relates to you. So you have to tell your children what does that mean to you? Because if you're saying in your uh, effort to be coy that should I tell them about the KKK because that's your heritage, then, yeah, you should share it with them and let them know this is where I came from. But this is not necessarily what we want to be a part of. Or is it?
1: Thank you, Daddy.
2: So, with that, it's that time, and we got to make that move.
1: Oh, Daddy, I was having so much fun with this conversation. Were. I know
2: you were. Oh. But we got to keep it moving and take and us look, home. And look, my
1: beautiful white sister, Elle Gros said right here, I would kick my kids' ass. See? And that's our white sister. But she knows this shit don't make no sense. So. Talk to her, Annette. <laughs> we want to thank each and every one of y'all for joining us today, baby. And we had real conversation. Is there a double standard with white people versus people of color in the world? And you come up to that conclusion and tell us what you think. But if you have any comments, please hit us up at the real the real the real Mo Worldwide on Instagram or Twitter at Mo Worldwide, and let's talk about it. For all you sweet babies in Virginia Beach this weekend. We're going to be at the Funny Bone, and next weekend, we're going to be in California at Pleasanton, California. Pleasanton, California at Tommy T's. So, you know what? We need to laugh right now, y'all. That's it. Laugh is the best medicine, so come on out and laugh. And like my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute. It's
2: no good unless it's open.
1: My name is Monique.
2: And I'm Sydney,
1: And we love y'all.
2: For free.